Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one extreme close-up on a mouth at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> in fact, there are two of those in this movie. I'm Cassandra <laughs> Fredrickson. <laughs> and joining us again today are Andrew and Kester Dorowski. Yeah. And, and our son. Yes. <laughs> and child. He has many thoughts on this minute. <laughs> not not the same child we had on a previous guest appearance. Aw. The next one. The next one. Baby. The one I was pregnant with. Baby. On our previous guest experience. Baby's first podcast. <laughs> he's very excited for it. You can't see this because it's an audio medium, but he's pumping his arms and everything. Everybody podcasts. <laughs> he's a little sick. Poor baby. Well, today we're talking about Minute 88, which starts with Sam uh, pummeling Gollum and shouting, uh, stinking two-faced sneak. <laughs> And ends with Gollum just barely starting to come out from behind Frodo. I think the technical term might be wailing on him. <laughs> yeah, he's just wailing on him. He's just, he's really pu- pu- packing those punches in. Yeah, yeah. bam, bam, bam. Oh, man. This... If you just smack his skull against the rock, it's much easier, Sam. No. <laughs> just grab him by the neck and just no, go for this it. Is, um, Crunch. This is a very... Un- this is a very uncomfortable minute on like multiple accounts, mostly because of the violence and like the extreme close up on his mouth. But <laughs> but giving giving this, Sean Aston pointers on how better to pummel a small man. <laughs> yeah, is it is the is like the more personal nature of this violence and like the more familiar nature of this violence more upsetting than like the fantasy sword and shield violence? I think so. Also, this is coming from Sam. Yeah, like yeah, like to have a nonviolent person. Well, yeah. I mean, he started this movie hitting Gollum in the back of the head with a pot. It's just very um, visceral, and I think the sound effects don't help that. I mean, they yeah. do help that, but like they don't help my uncomfortableness. Right. The, the shots where we're looking at Sean Astin from what would be like vaguely Gollum's perspective, he's actually just uh, punching sandbags on the floor of the set. That sounds like it hurts. So they can just he just can go as hard as he wants. Yeah. Huh. Um, in the King Killer Chronicles, the name of the wind and, and, um, oh, what's the second one? Wise Man Spears? Yes. Right? Um, Patrick Rothfuss, the author, writes a thing and he says that one of the, one of the scariest things and, and something that everyone should be careful of is when a calm person gets angry. Yes. And that is Sam right now. Like, Sam is at the limits. Yep. And then Frodo break Frodo breaks it up, and Sam immediately apologizes. And he's, I, well, it's also like Doctor Who with um, when a good man goes to war, yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, when yeah, when Eleven gets angry, it's it's like it's so crazily intense. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because like nine is always at a simmer. So is ten, and ten is just. 10 is a little more reserved, but, like, he gets shouty easier. Yeah. But then when 11 gets angry, like, it's just, oh, okay, well, what lengths is he willing to go to? Mm -hmm. Like, you can believe that 11 is the kind of doctor that would have sent, like, 
would have just burned the entire fleet of Daleks. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. But you never you never quite get that feeling from Nine. No. Right, because Nine is still trying to like He's got PTSD. Distance himself from that. Yeah. When you've got high highs and low lows, they're higher and lower than other people who keep things level most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just hit them more often. Yeah. And I think Sam has been at his limit, like, since, at least, I think since the start of this movie. Yeah, since the, the last, like, split conversation yeah. with Gollum and Smeagol. Yeah. I'm going to stove your head because in. Because he's more prone to violence this entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, like, we talk a lot about the trauma that, and I know you guys talk about, like, the ring as a metaphor for mental health mm-hmm. um, for Frodo, but... I don't know that you've talked a lot about, like, the trauma that Sam has been sustaining at this point, um, and how that's affecting him. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I I think that Sam asking to, like, share the load here, like, share the burdens, isn't just him asking for Frodo to, like, share the physical burden of the ring, but also, like, share some of the emotional burden that Sam has with Frodo so that they're carrying both of their traumas more evenly for the rest of the journey. Yeah, um, so uh, another insight from from my work, um, is, and, and this is especially relevant for me because I train employees at our company, and so I have to, like, tell them about how it's going to be when you're interacting with people who are, um, you know, responding to, coping with, and, and dealing with the fallout from trauma and negative experiences and things like that. Um, and there's a concept called secondary trauma, and it's a concept that everyone who works with someone or is around somebody who's been traumatized is susceptible to. And it's because the effects of trauma ripple out when somebody is suffering, all the people around them are going to get just secondary elements of that. It's going to ripple out and affect them. And it's really prevalent in areas where you're like working in mental health or working in treatment centers. Um, but also for like physical trauma, first responders and emergency room workers get a lot of that. Like, And everyone kind of knows, like, it is viscerally unpleasant to some degree to see, like, physical trauma happen to another person, right? We don't want to see things like that happen. There's a reason that um, it's kind of a a taboo thing to have videos of people die, right? On the internet, even in general. That's kind of a dark corner of the internet. Right. Yeah. Because that creates... Seeing trauma happen to someone else creates a trauma and um and caregiver stress is a real concern in industries where you have caregivers who are day in day out working with people who have experienced negative events and so i train our people um our our new employees all the time about how to respond to the secondary trauma um secondary traumatic stress uh uh burnout compassion fatigue there's a lot of different terms that come with it but when you're trying to care for somebody who is struggling with something that is in turn traumatizing to you in a lot of cases and people kind of ignore that and this is and you can hit a limit of it and that's where sam is at he's at a burnout stage and so his reactions are not as in control as he typically would have right um and he hasn't been able to engage in the the best coping mechanism that exists for secondary trauma which is Mm self-care sam has not done any self-care right in the last little while i don't know what Sam's self-care is other than gardening which is a great one and getting getting home to the Shire and making that roast chicken. That's <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, when have we seen Sam being the most himself lately? Like when he was cooking stew. Uh, That's the last time. Yeah. 
And that's because he was doing something that is one of his things. That's how he decompresses and recharges. And the longer he goes without those things, the more susceptible he is to this secondary trauma as a as a caregiver, right? He's he's going to run out of compassion for Frodo and for the situation and he's going to snap. Right. And this happens all the time in situations. Um when 9/11 happened, therapists that were working in the area started to show signs of PTSD because they were working with victims who experienced it firsthand. Right. And so, and they, and they started to get, you know, like the intense PTSD symptoms as if they had been there firsthand, even though they hadn't. It's just because they spent eight hours a day listening to people talk about their trauma that it started to traumatize them. And if Sam is, if Sam is spending weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, observing Frodo deteriorate, especially because he has known Frodo for so long, he sees the difference between, you know, good and bad Frodo. Right. It's extremely taxing yeah. on a person to observe that deterioration over ex- over an extended period of time and to not have any opportunity to get the treatment um, that he needs. And so Sam has, you know, part of it is just from seeing how hard everything is and part of it is that he just hasn't had any opportunity to recover in any sort of way. Right. Because he's so focused on Frodo's well-being and what Frodo is how Frodo's feeling, like, if Frodo's eating, if he's sleeping, like... Yeah, which is a super common thing for caregivers. Yeah. To to burn themselves out trying to care for others. That's why the term compassion fatigue is one of those those things that you throw out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been feeling that this week with all three of you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we talked about this idea a little bit in some of my training at my new job, because I work in medical billing now. Mm. So, we just see, like... Uh, operative and surgery reports from stuff when we're working on a medical insurance claims. And some of it is just like, oh, well, that's terrible. Yeah. I don't know that I could do that. Do we think that the ring is also taking advantage of Sam's like weekend, like emotional, like mental state? To- Probably. I mean, it's, it definitely has the ability to affect people, um, outside of like the the bearer right Right, like boromir and stuff right and so it could be influencing it we just i mean so kester and i have always been on for sam and frodo minutes Mm -hmm. yeah and we've always talked about how good and pure sam is and so it's interesting to try and see how the ring can take some of that goodness to twist it for what it would like because it knows that if it can get Sam to ask for the ring, that's going to be disruptive for Frodo. Yes. And so even though it is theoretically a good desire, Sam probably doesn't want to say it because he knows it's it's stressful for Frodo. And so, yeah, maybe the ring is influencing him a little bit to try and indicate, no, bring it up now. Bring it up now. You know, say that thing that you think is a good thing, but you've been afraid to say. Yeah. Yes, so I don't know. It's possible, but I don't like it's I've never thought about that. I've never gotten that feeling, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, I've never I've never felt like the the movie uh pushes in that way that the ring is influencing Sam. Do you think that's why they cut out the um like the temptation of Sam scene then? Why they decided not to do it? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, cuz he's the only person that we 
he's the only person that picks up the ring in this in these movies. Uh, well, I guess other than Deagle, uh, but Deagle immediately dies. Right. But he's like he's the only person that just kind of picks up the ring and and carries on. Like it's there's no clear signs of how the ring has affected Sam. Mm-hmm. There's no temptation moment with the ring for Sam. He like, kind of has a, a hesitation to give it back to Frodo. Yeah, that's the that's the most that they do. But like, but there's no so there's no moment with like Boromir and Faramir where he's like hesitant to pick it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say the the closest interaction is Aragorn when he doesn't take it, except that's like the opposite because Sam does take it. Yeah, we don't. Do we see Sam pick up the ring? Um, I don't know because so. they make it a reveal that he has it. And that the orcs didn't get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we don't see Sam pick it up. So we don't know if that moment still happens. If there's still that, the ring whispering and Sam kind of hesitating to grab it or like processing what it's trying to tell him. Yeah. So it's possible we have the the, the Sam the Great moment in his head, but <laughs> we just don't get to see it. I mean, I know this movie is long enough, but I think that the... I think that scene is missing. It's in the animated Return of the King. I know, but that movie's not good. <laughs> but it's in the animated run, and I think that that's really interesting that it's there. Yeah. Sam was the brave. Yes. <laughs> Turn Mordor into a garden. Mm-hmm. Because that's all Sam wants. Right, and I think that speaks to his character, which I think is why I'm missing it. And I think that's ultimately why, ultimately that's why the ring can't really tempt Sam, because Sam's truest goal is to care for other things that grow and flourish, Yeah, which is something it can't really exploit. Because he's like a nurturer. Right. At his very foundations. Yeah. All he wants is to see other things prosper. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the, like the main thing you can do against a caregiver like Sam is to exhaust them. Right. And then they and then they feel guilty because they failed at doing the thing they want to do, which is which is a really tragic experience. I mean, and it's exactly he, what happens here. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, and Sam feels so guilty. Yeah. About it, which is which is characteristic of a, a caregiver type. He chose to go with Sam on this journey. He he uh, to go with Frodo. F- sorry. Yes. To go with Frodo. A Gandalf made him. <laughs> Well, at first. At first. But then but in the, the water. In the our, water, our first he, appearance. He said, our first appearance, he said, um, I I won't leave you. Um, I made a promise. He reaffirms I made a promise. And, yeah. and he's doing and that. And then he did it again at the end of the second movie. Not the sequence that we were part of, but he does it again he, when, when he, Frodo holds a sword to his throat. Yeah, he's he's choosing to be the caregiver and and to help Frodo through this journey. And um and this shows the kind-heartedness of his heart of, of him of Sam. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that that the ring can't really quite understand. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't corrupt caring for other people. You have to corrupt by exhaustion. Yeah. I I have read stories where the, the crux of the narrative is the caring for people being corrupted, but it is it's always in a um it's usually in like robot stories. And like does it lead into controlling and manipulation? Yes. Like um The Humanoids by Jack Williamson is one of those. Oh. And because Sam doesn't have any of that, 
you you can't really go into that territory like like sam has no manipulation or like target that he's trying to get frodo to except destroy the ring right and like so, the the idea of controlling frodo's every action to keep him safe just doesn't occur to sam yeah and so instead he is stuck with like well if me leaving is the way that frodo keeps working towards his goal then i guess that's the right thing mm-hmm. yeah that's so sad. It breaks my heart to see Sean Aston so like to just see Sam so broken in this in this minute. I love the way uh Elijah Wood's eyes kind of like open super wide when when he realizes when he says I could carry it for you. Yeah. Just what? <laughs> why How does dare he, you? Why does he like collapse all of a sudden? Frodo? Yeah. Because he's already, he's so physically and emotionally exhausted that dealing with the stress of this fight is just too much for him. Okay. He's got really low yeah, blood pressure. He's, I mean, you can <laughs> see it in his complexion, too. Yeah, like, he's sickly. Yeah, yeah, he's getting closer to Gollum. His skin color. Okay. It just, so I think, um, I think it's just that. Like, any exertion beyond, like, basic walking and stuff uh-huh. is really taxing for him. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, you'd have to like look at the rest of the film to see if emotional exertion in particular is taxing for him. Yeah, I think just out of context, I was like, "Wait, what? Why does he wilt so?" Quickly? Elijah would like stands up. Oh, I've got the vapor. Yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> yeah, I think that's all it is. I mean, it and it's probably not easy to pull Sam off of Gollum. Yeah, yeah. He like gets him up and says, "Okay." Right, That's if Sam is supposed to be kind of heavy for a hobbit and has spent his whole life, like, working with his body, Sam is probably quite, actually quite heavy because he's strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's very stout. And he's in the middle of using all of his muscles to do something, so then moving him is going to be even harder. That's fair. Do you think, I just had a weird thought, I don't know. Do you think there was ever a version of this, and I, I, I probably not, because I don't think the the book has any... Anything that would, like, bear it out. Do you think there was ever a version of this that um, Sam, like, hit Frodo? Like, he did a Spider-Man 3 moment as Frodo's trying to pull him off? They talk about in the commentary that the original takes of this scene were too angry, so they redid them. So maybe that was in some of those original ones? Maybe. I can't imagine Sam striking Frodo, even on accident. Yeah. I mean, people couldn't imagine Peter accidentally hitting Mary Jane either. Whatever, I it happens seen in that, that movie. movie. <laughs> but it's 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 hard to see Frodo possibly do that because, yeah. like, Frodo draws his sword on Sam. Yes. Yeah. And and if Sam had done that to Frodo, Sam would have really collapsed yeah. on himself. Mm-hmm. Like, and it would have been really, I think, interesting to see that comparison to see Sam do that, like to pull his sword out. Against Frodo and Gollum. Yeah, because he draws his sword um, against Gollum, but it, like I think every time Frodo stops him, he immediately like is like he stops. Yeah, I think it maybe could have been interesting to do like a parallel where he actually had his sword out against Frodo, and then have that and like that's pretty extreme guilt. I think that would be the thing that breaks Sam. Yeah. Maybe too extreme. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that the, you know, yeah, this whole, this whole, the whole structure of this is interesting because part of the, part of the point of all this 
is Peter Jackson feeling like the threat in the book of Gollum saying he'll break up Sam and Frodo never comes to fruition. So Peter Jackson was just like, well, what if it did? Because Gollum kind of threatens it in the book. Yeah. But it never happens. So Peter Jackson's just like, well, I want to do it in my movie. Mm. But it feels it feels like a natural like story development as far yeah, as like, it, do- it doesn't it feel out. artificial. Yeah. Right. The entire movie since the I don't think we've really dealt with Gollum much at all or if at all since that split conversation in the water. I think it's pretty much been Smeagol since then. Mm. I think it's been like all Smeagol since the last time Sam attacked him. Because Smeagol is the one that wants revenge for that strike to the head. Okay. God, that's... <laughs> Isn't that frightening? Yeah, it is. But yeah, I don't, I don't have any other notes for this minute. Yeah. I think we're good here. Yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. It's... Cool. Baby's so yeah, pulling out Kestra's headphones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us again today, guys. Yeah. Our listeners can check out other Movies by Minutes podcasts on the Dueling Genre website such as Disney Animation Minute Essentials, mm-hmm. which is Little Mermaid, bow, bow, Little bow, Mermaid bow, is coming eventually. <laughs> yes, at some point this year, it will come. 2020, Little Mermaid. Nice. Uh, there's almost a dozen other Movies by Minute shows on the, I mean, on the website. I mean, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man Minute. <laughs> you know, go check them out. Give them a listen. They're all great. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about this Awful, awful dramatic scene up at the top of a cliff. It's not bad. It's just sad. Yeah, just sad. <laughs> awful just, to experience. Yeah. Yes. Not, not like awful in execution. There's That's no fair. emotional whiplash in the ne- in these like t- this week and next week. It's all the same tone. Sad. <laughs> Despair. Despair. <laughs> On that note. Bye. Bye.